this week on The Startup Life. I was looking for a way to do something that I felt was impactful. Sure. Because I enjoy the startup life and the startup culture and technology. Appreciate the plug there, by the way. All right, Startup Nation. So let's take flight with Louisa Shepard and Pamela Arqueta of Let's Innovate Through Education, or simply known as Light. The startup life begins now. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother. You asked for it, and now it's here. Our first line of gear for the startup life is now available. Now you're able to tell the world not only do you support the show, but the type of entrepreneur that you are. Choose between the label yourself, create your own destiny, and how to make money t-shirts to help tell the story of your path of entrepreneurship. Click the link in the show notes to purchase. All right, Startup Nation, so I hope you're ready to receive some value today. We have a really special episode for you. We have Miss Louisa and Pam of Let's Innovate Through Education, or LIGHT, if you will, here on the show. How's it going, ladies? Wonderful. Pretty great. Pretty great. Cool. Are you ready to pour some knowledge into Startup Nation today? Definitely. Cool. Cool. So, all right, so let's get started. So first of all, what is LIGHT and how did you end up working here? LIGHT is a program that we, we really focus on developing youth, which there's tons of organizations in Memphis that focus on developing youth, but what makes us special is that we do that by exposing them to concepts of entrepreneurship. Okay. Um, and we really serve, our organization serves as a catalyst to bring their ideas to life. Um, so we offer them resources, guidance, um, especially at the beginning, Pam is super influential in kind of molding their minds and teaching them best practices and all of that so that we can help them get into the mindset of an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And how did I work, end up working here? I am originally from Dallas and then I moved to Cincinnati. So I was in Cincinnati for about six years and I moved to Memphis from Cincinnati to come work at Light. At the time, I had recently been laid off from my own startup that gotcha. I was working at, okay. and so I was a free agent. <laughs> nice. And uh, was looking for a way to do something that I felt was impactful. Sure. Because I enjoy the startup life and the startup culture and technology. I appreciate the plug there, by the way. Yeah, startup nice. life. <laughs> I really enjoyed that environment, and I still do, but I didn't feel like what I was doing was really, really meaningful. Sure. So I saw this opportunity, and I called up my friend. I was like, hey, do you know this Hardy Farrell guy? He's the guy <laughs> This Hardy like, Farrell guy? Yeah. No, he's going to hear this. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was like, who is this guy? I don't know like anything about him. Do you know him? Because she was linked in with him. And she was like, yeah, girl, I'm, I'm having coffee with him right now. I was like, yo, okay, cool. Put put the plug in for me. <laughs> and it transpired from there. So um, about a month or two later, I got an offer and I was moving down to Memphis. Dope. Pam, how'd you get here? 
Well, I um, was always a huge advocate of higher education. Sure. And once I was exposed to the entrepreneurial world, I didn't want to exit. So I was actually uh, traveling for a bit after I had my own business because I understand that the 100-hour work, work week is um, one that I would never take back. But the experience was, you know, something I'd love for everybody to, to, to tap into one gotcha. day just to see what it's like. So, sure. you know, having... You know, a friend of mine was the one that saw it on. I believe it was, oh my gosh, it was one of the websites here out in Memphis. Gotcha. Okay. He basically said, Pam, there's a job listing and this is literally best of both of your worlds, education and so entrepreneurship. I was like, mm-hmm. absolutely. I've been working with high school students since 2008 through a college empowerment program. So uh, why not give it a try? And I actually told Hardy, no, no, I don't know he's listening to this. I said, mm-hmm. you kind of underestimated what this position, um, how much of an impact this position really makes on your uh, when you posted the the, the listing, absolutely. Um, I had no idea what I was getting myself into, and I was uh, very fortunate and blessed to have gone from I was volunteering in Kansas, and then he said we need to interview you, and you started in a week. I was like, <laughs> why not? <laughs> sure. Um, so I am not from here. I came from Virginia, Northern Virginia area. So I drove out there, packed up my car with clothes and a TV, and came back. And I don't regret my decision at all. Awesome, awesome. And here in uh, here in Memphis, we're glad to have both of you here. Thank Very you. much appreciate what Light is doing now. If you would now, Pam, you're the program director, correct? Yes. And you're the innovation director. Director. Okay. All right. Cool. <laughs> so if you would just explain your roles uh, and why they're so important here in Light. Essentially, I, I, it's kind of like a fancy name for the director <laughs> of. The Innovation Fellows <laughs> Program. Gotcha. Um, but I like it. It sounds cool. It sounds snazzy. And um, what I do as the Innovation Director at Light is I, one, provide one-on-one coaching to all of the students who have finished Pamela's Finalist Program, and now they're uh, either in high school or college, or in the future will be even older. We uh, support them up to age 25. Okay. And so I provide one-on-one coaching with them. It's kind of a blend of life coaching and business coaching and, and entrepreneurship mindset coaching. And I also design programs. So I design our, uh, we piloted an internship program this summer that um, I'm very instrumental in uh, working with hiring partners and and placing interns and helping them understand how to position themselves for the careers that they want and the internships that they want and work with some of our other partners in finding scholarships and helping uh, funnel kids that way and then also uh, currently working on a mentorship program that will offer entrepreneurs like yourself or people who are more seasoned entrepreneurs an Mm -hmm. opportunity to meet monthly with a student and kind of help them just reach their goals. Awesome. What I do is I get the, I'm the one that actually makes first initial contact with the students through our workshops. So we use workshops for about a thousand students each year. And uh, we um, have several partners that we work with to get those uh, students really um, educated on what light is. And from there we actually see their work ethic and then uh, we select students at each one of the workshops to be part of, to be invited back into our actual six-month finalist program. And that's okay. where the students go through a six-month intense, um, kind of like an entrepreneurial uh, 
program where gotcha. at the end of the program they actually pitched to about 450 people gotcha. in the community of Memphis. Absolutely, so. absolutely. And we're going to actually dive into that a little bit more in detail later in the show. So like any other program, you need partners and, and other people to kind of help make it work, right? So when it comes to light, what are some of the partners and external vendors that make light work so well? Yeah, so I'll go ahead and start off by saying our partners have everything to do with where we're at now. So um, I would say... First and foremost is how we select our students. We do work closely with Bridges. Okay. Um, they are a another nonprofit organization that works with a lot of the youth in Memphis, and they mm-hmm. work with every single uh, high school in Memphis. Um, and then we do work with other organizations such as Streets Ministries, uh, Memphis Athletic Ministries, um, Code Crew, um, some nice. other really awesome organizations to, so that way we expose light to those students to make mm-hmm. sure that they do have the opportunity to know what it's like and um, know what it's about and see if they'd like to uh, participate in our program. And then um, once the students, well, after we've selected the students through those partnerships, uh, the three, I guess, most rewarding components to me is working with our volunteers. I have three different volunteer programs. Um, so I'd say they are everything to do with the success of light as well. So. We have three different volunteer programs, one of which is the Coach Mentors, where they actually meet with the students one-on-one for one hour in the sessions. And then we have one, two other ones that are virtual because everyone around the country wants to help light, apparently. Um, <laughs> and so we've got two, which is the Dream Team, where they are actually giving the students feedback on a lot of their assignments. So that way they get, you know, they get to see the perspectives from everybody and anybody from completely different industries um, and backgrounds. And then... Uh, we have the social media volunteer, which is our uh, media savvy type people where they know exactly how to engage the audience, where they check their social media sites mm-hmm. uh, every single week oh, wow. from that whole week. And then they give them feedback on how to better engage their audience, their target market. So how do we get the word out about light? Social media, word of mouth, works. what works best? Uh, well, there are tons of different ways that we get the word out. And um, the the one that I'm, I'm most closely... Uh, touching is the social media. Okay. So I, in addition to the work that I do as an innovation director, I manage all of our marketing efforts okay. um, online, all of our web marketing efforts. So we've got uh, a Facebook page, shameless plug, <laughs> go like it. That'll make me great and make me happy. Gotcha. Um, well, actually, it'll just make us great. But gotcha. yeah, we have a, uh, a Facebook page. We have an Instagram page. You can follow us at Light Memphis and a Twitter page. And um, so that's how you can kind of see the stuff that we're doing and the stuff that we're working on. Also, we will push out our announcements that way. We also have a wonderful website, which I'm sure you will link in the podcast, but it's just www.lightmemphis.com. And um, we push out a lot of our marketing on that website as well. Um, and a lot of the things that we offer, we also have a newsletter that we send out monthly. Okay. So you can, if you go to the website, sign up for that. And it's another great way, if you're interested in knowing what's going on at Light or understanding the impact at Light, that you can go to and sign up for. All right, cool. And Startup Nation, you actually can look in the show notes to see those links for easy access. So I kind of want to know the inner workings a little bit of Light. Okay, so I guess I want to know about... <laughs> Team dynamics, okay. <laughs> Team dynamics, like who's the tactician, who's the silly one, who are the unsung heroes that you don't hear about too much at light? 
I'm gonna name myself here. (laughs) I wasn't called Positive Pam for nothing. Gotcha. Uh, Yeah, I'm definitely the silly one. The one that okay. I like to think things take things very lightly Mm because you know owning a store, you realize there's nothing you can do about it now. So why not just let's figure out what to do to move forward and. Make it as fun as possible. Gotcha. Yeah, Pam is definitely the silly one. <laughs> but in a good way. Like, she brings brightness to the team. I mean, um, that's a really good... I bring light to the team. Nice. <laughs> nice. Nice. And we're, we're a small team. We have a team of four people. So, um, I... Let's see. I would say... Hardy is kind of like the captain of the ship, maybe. Gotcha. I would say he... He's very, he has a, a personality that's very, like, go-getter, um, very urgent, very excited about the things that we do here, and I think that, um... Analytics. Yeah, yeah. He's very analytical. Yeah, which is, which is really good. It's, it's, I think that it, it brings an element to, like, that's not, the, that's not something that I do. I'm more, like, relational, and I'm more... Um, perspective driven I call my I would say that maybe I'd be like the devil's advocate because I perspective is a really big thing for me so I'm constantly thinking about things from different perspectives and thinking about things from like a feelings standpoint (laughs) gotcha Um, which that's just kind of how I am and and the nature of the job that I do and then I would call Sophia like an unsung hero of our team she's the newest member of our team Mm -hmm. uh, the program associate and she started in May, right? She started in May, and she has hit the ground running. She is an amazing um, addition to our team. And um, I call her the silent killer. Yes, <laughs> it's done, but she's quiet. But you'll never expect it. Right. But what's yeah, she hopefully, do? y'all will be seeing more good things that coming from her. She's awesome. really awesome. When it goes to selecting the students, uh, what are you looking for? All right, so the I'd say the top four things we look for is one drive and passion. Okay. Um, our biggest thing is how passionate are you, not only about entrepreneurship, but really more so about making an impact in the community. Because whether it's a market-driven idea or a social entrepreneurship type idea, mm-hmm. um, we want to see. How, I think passion has a lot to do with being able to uh, launch something successfully. Um, the next thing we look at is potential. We fully understand that a lot of these students don't even know what entrepreneurship really entails. So um, as long as there's potential that we see within those four hours, such a short amount of time, but uh, as long as we see at least the slightest bit of uh, potential, then we think that they're a perfect fit. And then there's uh, creativity. How creative can they get? So we do a couple different activities Mm -hmm. on uh, how can we get them to think outside the box. Right. Um, Because that's a lot of what being successful entrepreneurs do as well. Absolutely. How can you get them to think... um, how can I make my idea more unique and stand out above all others? And then uh, the last last but not least is effort. It does take a lot of work to um, complete the six-month program. So we want to see how much can they give us within four hours because I'm pretty sure that's what they'll be able to give us within six months. Cool. Now, that's actually a nice segue because, you know, I want you to kind of explain the six-month program from, like, student selection all the way to pitch night. Absolutely. So what we do is we host a workshop. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes they are – we do have to have the workshop in one day. We have one-day or three-day workshops. Okay. Um, If we do the three-day workshops, then each day we work on a specific topic. Um, One would be ideation. The second day would be marketing. And the third would be budgeting and or pitching. So we actually get to see them pitch within three days of – 
you know, essentially a total of nine hours in right. doing a workshop, which is really cool to see them um, kind of even get out of their comfort level okay. within nine hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be one is through the workshops. And then after the workshops, they we invite back only uh, this year we are accepting 75 students for the year. Last year we accepted 50 and the next year we'll hopefully be accepting 100. Nice. Um, so each year we're growing. We want to make sure every student gets this opportunity. Unfortunately, I had to turn down some, even though they're all amazing. Gotcha. Um, that's probably the hardest part of my job, I'd say. Um, that and then uh, once they do get elected, selected to be part of the six-month program, we one of my biggest things and one of my favorite things is um, building uh, parent relationships. I think that a lot of the success of the students has to do with um, getting the parents on board because a lot of them have no idea what light is. Right. Um, so we're working on that this year on how do we incorporate parents into our recruitment model. And I, I get the pleasure of meeting and speaking to and getting to know all of our students as parents and seeing how we can help their student not only uh, launch a little mini entrepreneurial idea, but also help them grow as an individual in Absolutely. four specific categories, which is what we kind of tailor all of our lesson plans around, which is the four skill, skill sets that we help them advance in is organizational, problem solving, goal setting, and then 21st century uh, career skills. Through that, each week we pick a specific topic. We already have the curriculum set where we um, each day, each week there's a specific topic where we do a 20-minute lesson plan and a 40-minute uh, hands-on hands-on rotation doing the actual activities that they just learned in 20 minutes with the coach mentors gotcha. um, where you know we can learn one week about social media marketing and the next week will be about budgeting the week after that would be learning how to write professional emails and then the third you know some other topics would be uh, how to pitch we work on pitching for at least a month um, we work on problem solving as far as what happens when code right. red happens right. uh, with your idea. Each week, each week, it's just a new skill that they learn, and they take that skill and they incorporate it that week into launching their specific idea. So we do one general lesson plan that everybody, no matter what their idea is, is going to have to use. And then um, they actually implement their ideas probably around month three or four. And then after that, they pitch in front of about 450 sponsors, donors, partners, um, community partners, uh, friends, family, everybody and anybody. Gotcha. Awesome. And I actually have uh, Startup Nation. I actually have the privilege of being a coach mentor <laughs> that I, uh, I really enjoy. So uh, that's really cool. So uh, when we talk about like the merit scholarships and the internships, uh, how do you how do you tailor fit or how do you find those for each of the students? What's mm-hmm. that process like? So we've got a very incredible partner here in Memphis called Reach Memphis. Okay. And um, they're focused on helping students navigate the college experience, help them understand how financial aid works, understand scholarships that they can apply for, and and helping them through that whole process. So while we we believe at Light that college and education are paramount and they're very, very important um, for aspiring entrepreneurs, but college readiness and stuff is not necessarily our wheelhouse. We're very focused on the actual entrepreneurial process and developing um, career skills and things like that. So we've partnered with Reach Memphis. They actually just came last weekend and did a really big college seminar for us. And um, they offer our students 
um, unlimited one-on-one coaching and, and help, and they, they engage their parents that way. So they're a really fantastic partner. Shout out to Reach Memphis. You guys are awesome. And for internships and things like that, when uh, we have a very cool program here uh, at Light, we have an internal internship program, matching program that okay. we do. And uh, when students finish one year of college so they need to be finished with their freshman year and incoming sophomores that summer so we offer students who fit into that category paid internships and what we do at light is that we reach out to people in the community we are focused on finding high growth hiring partners um, so e- either kind of startup not-for-profits that have um, an entrepreneurial spirit. There are several startups that we partnered with. Um, we partner with Startco, who's an accelerator, mm-hmm. uh, Sweet Bio, um, who is a biomedical startup, right. uh, regional one centers for health innovation, so hospitals, innovation center, those types of people. Um, we partner with them, and then we funnel our innovation fellows into uh, their offices for the summer to have paid internships, which is really fantastic. Um, I can't recommend it enough because (laughs) it's really important that if you're wanting to have an an entrepreneurial career that you have an opportunity to see the inner workings of a place like that and, um, you know, no shade on on people (laughs) who go work at Target or in retail or anything like that over the summer because I did that when I was was younger too. But when I, I got an internship in the field that I was going into, it was immeasurably valuable. Um, and so that's something that we want to give our, our students, but not have them just be working for free. Sure. So you spoke earlier about after some of the students in the program graduate high school and they go on to college and, and they go through the program. How do you track those that alumni as far as like, you know, what they're up to and guide them in the right direction? What's that process like? Part of my role is actually all of my role pretty <laughs> pretty much it's very focused on keeping up with these students and making sure that they have uh, the opportunities that they need to be great so we call the alumni of our program innovation fellows okay so once you finish up the finalist program you are ushered into the innovation fellows program and it's essentially a network of students and i have contacts with all of these people Uh, I send them every week a weekly newsletter that gives them all the kind of inside scoop on all the great opportunities that are available to them. We kind of curate those for them. Um, I reach out to them and I talk to them usually at least quarterly. Some of the students who are really um, working on uh, viable businesses right now who are very focused on that. So we have weekly conversations. Um, I'm constantly funneling them to different partners that might be helpful for them or different mentors that might be able to give them some advice. We have several people on our board who are really fantastic that can help give them you know, legal advice and, and help them understand how they should be forming their businesses and what, be- uh, what models are best for them. Um, so we definitely stay in touch with these students. Our, our goal is to continue to support them all the way up till age 25. Okay. So we are constantly staying in touch with them. We're constantly um, sending them opportunities that might be helpful. And they're, they constantly have access to the coaching that we provide here at Light. Gotcha. to help them through life experiences and also to help them through the navigating their career 
workers and starting their businesses. Awesome. So let's let's make your boss blush a little bit, okay? <laughs> I know he's in the next room, but don't hold back. Tell us about Hardy. Hard, now, Hardy uh, started making uh, Hardy Farrell is the executive director of Light. This is kind of his baby. So uh, tell us a little bit about Hardy. What can, what is he like as a boss? Is he is he is he tough? Is he well, what is he? Tell us about him. Let's just say he and I are very different, but okay. I think that's what makes this team awesome. Sure. Is uh, <laughs> I'm very relational. I love to talk, mm-hmm. so <laughs> kind of kicks me out every now and then. I'm like, how is it? How's the team doing? What's going on? And he's like, I've got to do work. I've got to do work. So he's very uh, he's driven. That's for sure. Of course. Um, you know, one thing that I do value about him most is, and this is why I think. Um, I took this position is because we don't just stick with the students for six months as we actually follow them till they're 25 and gotcha he would ask me when we accept the student at think is this student um worth investing 10 years of light into i was like this is awesome um this is the type of like work environment i like to be in but not not only that but you know starting this position i do remember for the first six months it was i was the first technically second on payroll he was first we were both at the exact same time right i wouldn't even be surprised if i was getting paid before he was he's very um selfish when it comes to that or selfless sorry selfless when it comes to that (laughs) you know i would be here working late because i'm still learning the name of the game and trying to help these students as much as possible and he would be here downstairs with me working on trying to get sponsorships and donors and writing grants until 11 p.m. at night and I I really valued his work ethic for that that's for sure Mm -hmm. Um, I could tell he cares about the students just as much as I do I'm just a little bit more emotional on that level Uh, (laughs) I I like to say he's just it's just like it's just invisible tears I'm sure that he he sheds I've shed those full blown tears gotcha but, you know, we really we really want to be empathetic mm-hmm. um, to where our students come from and really making sure that they have all the resources available that they need to make sure that they do succeed. Sure. And I'd say that that's one of the best things about Hardy is he really does care about these students. Um, and I'd say that's a lot of why I got into this because I volunteered as a program, a, a co-director mm-hmm. for a Latino College Empowerment Program for eight years, but right. I'm actually getting paid to do something that I love. Right. Um, which is ultimately helping the students, and I think he has the same exact values I do when it comes to that. You want to chime in there, Louisa? Yeah. So um, you asked, what is he like as a boss? Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a pretty good boss. I've had, I've worked in several different um, arenas and in several different industries, and I've worked with um, and for some other people. And one thing that I like about Hardy is that he's very, um, kind of he has this approach of helping the students um, following their dreams. Mm-hmm. But he also takes that same approach to uh, the people that he uh, has hired. Gotcha. Okay. So it's really cool. He is very, you know, even just having us on this this podcast today, he looks for opportunities to help us develop ourselves professionally. Um, Which he was very adamant about, by the way. I wanted yeah. to point that out because when he reached out to me, like, man, you know, would it be cool if you had Pam and Louisa on the podcast? Like, absolutely, man, because I'm a, I'm a light fanboy. I love light, <laughs> right? So it was, like, it was like, if Hardy says do it, like, let's do it. So, yeah. but I didn't mean to cut you off. But go yeah, ahead. Yeah, no, but that, yeah, that's one thing <laughs> that I really like about him as a boss because, you know, some other people that I've worked for, they feel threatened by you know I have a I, I have that. another business right I'm an entrepreneur and mm-hmm. like what would it look like if I was teaching kids about entrepreneurship but like I couldn't do my own entrepreneurial absolutely. things absolutely absolutely that would be weird but he's very supportive of um, us doing our own entrepreneurial things and us you know being great in the community.
community as well. And um, I think I think that that is uh, something that I really. I really admire about him that he's very secure in that and that he's also like, hey, I want you to be great too and I I want to develop the people that I'm here because, you know, our goal for... We have an audacious goal that mm-hmm. we will do our jobs so well that we don't need to even be around in right. 20 years or something like Absolutely. that. So he's like, what are you going to do when light is no longer needed, when we've built enough entrepreneurs in the city so that we can sustain this movement? Absolutely. Um, and so I think that's a really cool thing about him. That's awesome. So, you know, we're going to go ahead and go to break. How do you guys like being on Startup Life so far? It's fun. This cool. is the first We should do this every week. <laughs> <laughs> First podcast I've ever been on. Me too. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So we're going to go ahead and take a break and you listen to the Startup Life. If you are a teacher looking for great resources, look no further than Owls e-commerce store on Teachers Pay Teachers, the store name Teaching with Owls. Enjoy great lessons based on short stories from great authors such as Kate Choppin's The Story of an Hour and Edgar Allan Poe's The Mask of the Red Death. And no worries, teachers, all lessons are Carmen Coraline. All right, Startup Nation, so let's continue. So, Louisa, tell me a little bit about your coaching design business and that awesome blog you have on louisashepherd.com yes louisashepherd.com <laughs> check it out shameless plug <laughs> i started this business about two years ago and um at the time oh my gosh it seems like so long ago but it's two years ago anyway at the time i was working as a corporate marketer for Procter & Gamble um, through an agency in Cincinnati, and I was not about that life. I was not about that cubicle (laughs) life. And I started, but, you know, the the job was fine, so I started interviewing for places and and writing resumes and getting myself out there and positioning myself for a new role. I knew that I wanted to be in digital marketing, and I knew that I wanted to maybe work at a startup Mm -hmm. and or or just a more forward-thinking company. And so So I started putting myself out there, and I was very selective with the type of roles that I was looking for. I got several offers that I turned down um, because I was looking for something very specific. And in that process, got very, very good at writing resumes, got very, very good at interviewing. And a lot of people don't know this about me, but I have an undergraduate degree and a master's degree in orchestral clarinet performance. Oh, wow. So I am a classically trained musician, and that's what I did for the better part of my life, over half of my life Mm -hmm. to that point, and was very good at reinventing myself 
getting this corporate marketing job and then moving toward startup land and understanding all of that. And so my friends started asking me, hey, can you help me? I want to... I want to go into this field, but I have no experience. How do I do it? They were like, hey, I have only been working in this, doing this one thing for my whole life, and I don't know how to talk about what I do in a way that other people will understand. And so I just started helping them out for free. And then people started being like, hey, I'll pay you to do this. And I was like, oh, (laughs) because I consider myself a pretty entrepreneurial person. In the past, I would try to do these little, like, schemes and things and start Mm -hmm. up whatever, and it was never successful and I always had to like convince people to do things and at this point I was kind of like running away from people and they were banging down my door (laughs) saying that I want you to help me with this gotcha and so that's when I knew that I was onto something and that's when I knew that this could be what I you know start building for myself Mm -hmm. and so while I was at startup I had a side hustle Mm -hmm. And that hot, that side hustle has blossomed now into something that even now it's like a little bit too much <laughs> gotcha. for me to be working on. But I, I love it. So uh, essentially what I do is I coach people from a brain-paced perspective. And I apply traditional design concepts and des- uh, marketing concepts to people's careers. I help them reinvent themselves. <laughs> I help them position themselves for the positions that they want. Sure. And I, you know, write hundreds of resumes for people. That's kind of my bread and butter. So gotcha. if you need a resume, hit me up. Gotcha. Um, com. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I, I do this all from a, a very brain-paced perspective. I'm actually going to London in about two or three weeks. Oh, sweet. Um, for a brain-based coaching certificate. So I'm going to be official. Nice. Um, get in now before the prices go up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. And... <laughs> have a blog on my website and um there's not a ton of stuff on it at the moment but um i'm working on putting more things out there i just wrote a blog that should be up on the site and sometimes next week talking about what you should do when you're unsure of your next move gotcha Um, and uh, i kind of just sprinkle little bits of knowledge on people and help them understand how to brand themselves and help them understand how to navigate that, you know, when you don't know what you want to do, but you know it's not this. Gotcha. Um, all of that kind of stuff. And um, if you're interested in learning more, check out the website. Um, that's It's kind of what I do here at Light as well. I just I do this on a smaller scale for our students. Sure. And, and help them navigate the early stages of their career and really empower them to understand their worth and empower them to articulate it well. Absolutely. And Startup Nation, the link for louisashepard.com is there in the show notes. So, Pam, tell us about the adventures of Sweet Frog. Yes. <laughs> um, so, for those that don't know what Sweet Frog is, because I would have never thought that it is what it is from mm-hmm. the name. Gotcha. Um, uh, when I was about 22, I joke around, and this is half true, that I just didn't want to pay retail price for the frozen yogurt anymore, but I was probably, like, their number one customer. Um, it started up in, it was a frozen yogurt franchise. It's a pretty large franchise now. But when they started, it was the very first store that opened up when I was in college. I ate there all of the time. <laughs> all of my birthday gifts from everybody was a 3 or 5 or $10 gift certificate to Sweet Frog with a t-shirt. I mean, I was decked out Sweet Frog. Mm-hmm. Um, I was nearly obsessed with it, but it's because <laughs> it's so good. And it, I call it Ice Cream's Worst Nightmare. So, you know, my parents were looking for a, um, an opportunity to invest in, like, a company. I was 
born in a family of entrepreneurs. My parents have started a couple businesses um, when I was younger, and this was just one that they were trying to dive into. So I convinced them um, to invest in a Sweet Frog franchise. And so uh, when I initially reached out to them, they actually had already had the entire Northern Virginia area bought out. So. Oh, wow. Uh, about six months later, my parents knew my dreams were dead, and <laughs> I had to pay retail price for frozen yogurt. So uh, they actually told me, Pam, if you really love it so much, then go to Florida. I'm like, oh, okay, why not? So I kind of just up and went to an area with the advice from the franchise um, that I wasn't too familiar with because um, they had done a lot of market research in the area um, and had told us that it was a promising area for a lot of uh, the other potential Sweet Frog franchisees. So a bunch of us stores opened up in an area that we were all very unfamiliar with, but, you know, what's okay. We had a lot of frozen yogurt to eat, and we were really happy. Um, but I actually loved it because I fell in love with my customers and my employees, and I learned how to manage on the fly because uh, I hadn't had much management experience prior to that. But all I kept thinking was put yourself in their perspective and how would you want your boss to be. Um, and the same thing with our customers is there's a really good video out that Chick-fil-A uh, has on YouTube, and it's um, every every person has a story. And it's basically uh, occasionally you'll get those sour apples, the sour frogs, and uh, these people are just probably going through a tough day, but they need that frozen treat to make their day a lot better. So right. I, I made sure that we gave them the best experience possible whenever they came into the store. And um, the best part about it, what it was a... Uh, religiously affiliated, family-oriented right. type business. So I was able to partner up with a lot of churches, a lot of schools. I fell in love with these kids that would come in. They're adorable when they would get a cup the size of their head. Um, <laughs> and plus, it's sales for me. Yes. Uh, so I was really, really happy working in that environment. It's um, I absolutely loved it. You know, we started doing a lot of birthday parties. We did a lot of fundraisers. I, got, I had a huge mascot, and my employee was six foot seven so it's a oh, mascot wow. he looked like he was seven foot five and you could spot him from a mile away at any <laughs> festival that had five thousand people at so um i was very strategic in hiring him that's for sure of course. Uh, <laughs> um it was you know i loved it i ate about a pound of frozen air a day and i weighed 25 pounds less than what i did when i came to memphis <laughs> the barbecue is pretty darn good out here gotcha. so um yeah i i i loved it everything awesome. as far as like the experience goes from negotiating or you know, uh, an actual commercial lease to exiting a commercial lease. Sure. Um, I got rid of it two years later. Um, exited, but it was for the better. And I'm sure a lot of people would say the frozen yogurt sales are plummeting. Uh, we, we were at its peak, um, mm -hmm. but the experience was something I'd never take back. I hear that. I hear that. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. So clearly, you don't want to clue Hardy in this next uh, question. But <laughs> what did you learn from your best, from your worst boss or mentor that you've ever had? Um, I would say that I have been fortunate to not have any really horrible bosses. Mm -hmm. um, but one thing that I have learned from one that I was not too fond of, <laughs> which this really worked for him, is that you have to advocate for yourself. I hear that. Because this particular individual, while I was not a huge fan of him, is, you know, he, he does really well with his personal brand. Mm. And that is one thing that I can't take away from it. And that's actually something that I learned to take a page from. You know, I a lot of times will just be like, oh, like I'm doing this thing. I'm going, I'm going to this country and doing this thing, or I'm going to be on such and such podcast. But it's not a big deal. And <laughs> like I just don't, I don't document those things. Well, I, I haven't. Um, right. 
in the past before I had this this particular boss. Now mm-hmm. I do it a lot, and I mm-hmm. work with other people to make sure they do the same. But um, yeah, at the time when I was working with this person, like they were in the news all the time and everything. And I learned that the more that you document um, and the more that you kind of make sure that you do the work to curate your own personal brand, the more opportunities that will come your way because people can see, they're like, oh yeah, she does that or he does that. I should I should call them for that. And then you'll open yourself up to more opportunities that are the ones that you want. So that's one thing that I learned from him. Uh, you know, I have to second where you mentioned that you've been fortunate enough not to have anybody. I haven't had any bad bosses, but that's because okay. I also became a boss really early. Okay. You know... My mom told me, entering into a company, don't ever burn your bridges with anybody. Mm, so I learned to make amends with everybody, make friends with everybody, including my property manager, even though he wasn't as easy to work with with other people. Right. Um, or so they say. I didn't learn that. What I did learn was to not burn your bridges, that's gotcha. for sure. So I wasn't, okay. I, was, I was able to, I was fortunate enough not to have terrible bosses, but what I did learn was, I'd say my mom was the one that taught me that, is uh make sure that you don't burn your bridges with anybody ever because you never know who's going to be your next boss and who's going to be the next person that's going to help you take your company to the next level absolutely or if you have to go back for some reason right so fair enough absolutely Absolutely. what did you learn from your biggest failure the thing that i learned from my biggest failure so uh i i kind of think about the the when i think of my biggest failure the first thing that comes to mind which i'm not even sure is a failure but I last year was laid off from the startup company that I was working from. Sure. Um, and when I initially got the, the job there, I had worked tirelessly. I really wanted to work at this company. I courted them for 11 months. Mm. I interviewed seven times wow. with different people. Spit much. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they, you know, they didn't have anything available for me, but gotcha. I wanted to work there. Sure. Because I was very sure that my specific skill set was just a very good match. Gotcha. And so they, I talked to different people there. I went to all of their events. I was like understanding their technology long before I ever even started working there and I got the job there and it was great it was kind of my dream job I really enjoyed working there um and I worked there for a year and one day I just came in to work and they were like we don't have anything for you to do so we're letting you go and um it was I felt a little blindsided and I was just like oh what did I do what did I do like did I was me I don't know and um, it was difficult, but the lesson that I learned, I learned quite a few lessons. Check out the blog. You'll see. <laughs> gotcha. I, I wrote a, I wrote a blog about this. that talked about the three lessons I learned after mm-hmm. losing my dream job. Um, but one big lesson that I don't even think is in that blog is that entrepreneurship is a very great form of security. I hear that. Um, you don't hear that too often. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. And, th- and that's the thing, right? I think that the tides are turning, um, and this is one of the reasons why I'm very passionate about the work that we do at Light. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm obviously passionate about the people that we serve, but my big reason for coming here is that I believe that we are kind of entering this new epoch in the world of work, and that... 
Um, it used to be like back in the day that the way that she became successful is that she'd go work for a company mm-hmm. and they, they hold you down for 20, 30, 40 years. Right. And then you like retire and they give you the watch and they give you all these benefits and then you peace out and you live your life. Right. But we are entering this new era that it's, things are not like that way. Yeah, like we, we had farming first and then this industrial revolution and we have the like white collar jobs and now I believe that entrepreneurship is going to be this new wave where you can build that that security for yourself absolutely and I learned through that experience that you can't um, kind of build up the security in your head uh, when you have a really cool job that it could be gone tomorrow right and so that um, okay. you know be smart and have some other irons in the fire have multiple streams of income because my business while it was small it really uh, it, it paid for several of my bills I while I was in transition to figure out what I was going to do next so yeah I, I really learned that and I'm glad that I learned that that lesson when I did. Awesome. Document everything. Mm, okay. So I think everything, whether it be verbal contracts or verbal contracts, but I still think that you should document absolutely everything. Anytime that I have, and I, I you know, used to do this in college when I had a Latino professional organization that I mm-hmm. started. Um, it just, it, verbal contracts are verbal contracts, but it's better to still follow up with an email stating mm-hmm. everything that was in that phone call or recording it. Um, but I just think that, you know, who you are, um, what you say and what you do, if those two don't match, people will begin to not find you as reliable. Right. And that's what I do preach to the students now is make sure that you guys are always documenting everything. A lot of things can slip through the cracks. Um, Absolutely. I just think everything is a contract. So that's the, I'd say my <laughs> biggest, something I learned from my biggest failure is definitely Make sure you document literally everything in some way, shape, or form and include other people in those emails. Gotcha. If, Pam, if I could, if I could shoot this one over and start with you, mm-hmm. who are your mentors? Um, so I don't call them my mentors. I okay. have something called a personal board of directors. Okay, fair enough. Um, these are people that are kind of like, they play devil's advocate. So I like to have people from completely different um, industries. Mm-hmm. But I would say... Um, Obviously, mom and dad are because they always want you to be the best of who you are. However, they're always going to be on your side sometimes. Right. So I do, I've had the pleasure of working with a lot of other Latino nonprofits in D.C. So some of which I'd say were people who definitely definitely shaped me to who I am now, helped me shape into the person that I am now. Mm -hmm. They were people that were either also program directors for a really large uh, program that they used to host nationally. And one day, hopefully, we'll get there. But my mentors, I'd say, are uh, mom and dad. I do have a very supportive uh, boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'd also say that someone that I'd like to get advice from, um, usually that wouldn't always side with me, is uh, someone called Mirtha Martin. Um, she was actually the person that invited me out to Kansas to help her out. She was the chancellor of the university at one point. And then there's also a few other people that I've had the pleasure of working with closely over the last few years. But I, I, I kind of ask people from different perspectives sure. so that way not everybody's always shy, siding on my side absolutely alright Miss Louisa who are your mentors definitely um, well I am lucky to say that I've been fortunate to have several awesome 
superwoman mentors in my life, especially recently, uh, mm -hmm. I have figured out and found the value of, of having these types of people on your team, these advocates for you. Sure. So the first person who I really entered into a mentor relationship with is this woman. Her name is Hillary Strobel. She's the CEO of this company called The Flyways, mm -hmm. which is a publishing company. And um, she lives in California. Well, actually, now she lives in Portland, Oregon. She lived in California at the time. And I had never met her in person, but I talked to her every two weeks mm -hmm. on Google Hangouts. Nice. And this was the point where it was probably about two years ago when I first started this career design business. Mm -hmm. And I had really no idea what to do with it. I was sort of writing resumes and I was telling her, you know, I don't know what my thing is. And I know that I'm an entrepreneurial person, but I don't know what my thing is. And I looked up to her so much and, I, and she helped me. She really did. I don't, I, hopefully I'll, I'll send this to her so she can hear it. But gotcha. she, um, I don't think that she knew it at the time, but just sitting down with me and talking to me every two weeks and, and telling me about the things that she's done with her business and her life and pointing me to really good resources and connecting me with some of the people that she, she knew was really instrumental in helping me to figure out what my thing was. I hear that. Um, and then Colleen Koch, she is the um, she is the principal consultant and coach at Rowan Coaching, and I hired her as a coach actually um, in like December or January this this past year. Mm -hmm. And she has been a super fantastic person. She's just like. I'm trying to be like her when I grow up, and <laughs> gotcha. she is taking me on um, as a mentee um, for as as a coach because I aspire to do this work mm -hmm. uh, full time one day in my in my life, and well, I kind of already do it full time here <laughs> with the kids, um, and but to bring that brain based perspective, she really recommended that I do the training that I'm doing, and she's just a fantastic person overall. And one other person I have to give a shout out to. Is um, Andrea Hill. Okay. Uh, she is the director of volunteer services at Leadership Memphis, and I had just recently uh, begun a mentor-mentee relationship with her through the Nexus program. Nice. Um, at that it's offered by Nexus Memphis, mm -hmm. and we just started the 2018 cohort about 10 days ago, so it's very fresh. I just met her, and I can already tell that our um, mentor-mentee relationship is going to be lit, <laughs> and so shout out to Andrea. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I'm, I've think that mentorship is is very valuable which is one of the reasons why we are um starting this new program for our innovation fellows at light sure um to really get plugged in with a mentor that that matches their interests in their industry i believe everyone has a superpower what are you guys a superpower and why i guess i'm gonna call it a superpower um but one of the things that i hear about most is i'm kind of like a motivator so okay the work that I've been doing previous to light with the Latino Empowerment Program, a lot of my students were, you know, had to face a lot of obstacles that I would have never faced um, had I not had such supportive parents. And, you know, I always tell them, you have to learn to let your light shine no matter what. Because in turn, others around you will 
um, I guess, vibe off that. When you let your light shine, others mm-hmm. around you automatically start to let their light shine as well. Gotcha. I don't, I don't believe in, I believe in being humble, but I don't believe in being humble to a certain extent because a lot of the students, I'll never forget one of their girls. Um, uh, I came out here, migrated here by myself. I live with my cousin and my aunt, and my cousin is in gang. He's in, gotcha. in a gang. So, gotcha. um, you know, for me to be getting straight A's, I can't ever tell anybody. And I'm so proud of myself, but I can talk to my family back at home. And everyone around me says that I'm a stuck up snobby child because I'm doing well for myself. Gotcha. Um, and I'm not in the same situation as my cousin. I told her, you know what? Like, I don't care. Call me if you get an A on an exam. And since then, for an entire year, she actually used to do that, which was every day. But mm-hmm. I loved it, you know. <laughs> Uh, I was there as an encourager and as a motivator to keep on going. And I think given our political crisis that we're in at the moment, um, a lot of people, I I tend to see the positive in um, a lot of things, even though I have, I I don't want to be naive to to what is going on around us, but I I also, I'm not the type of person that's going to... talk about anything i mean social media it's all about positivity i'd say there's so many negative stories that i see on my story and i'm over here talking about cake uh (laughs) and it gets more likes than anything else just because i think the the um I guess the allow you to escape absolutely the, exactly the, that's the, exactly the negative what it stuff. Is. Yeah. yeah, so I'm all about you know empowering, motivating, and just making right. sure everybody's on a much more on a very happy, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> happy track. I guess I don't know how to say it, but absolutely. When you ask me what my superpower is, I think about um, perspective. Okay, and I don't know. Sometimes people are like, oh, I don't really know if that's a superpower, but when I think about uh, what I'm good at and and my superpower, I think about a mirror, right? So okay. if you're a girl and you're trying to put on makeup and you don't have a mirror, it could be a hot mess. Mm-hmm. When you have a mirror in front of you, it's much easier to put it on. Ah. Um, and Or like if you're driving a car and you have to back up, use your mirror right. to get you where you need to go. And so... I, you know, the gift that I bring to the world is being able to see things from different perspectives and offering a mirror to people so that they can see and, and do the things that are very difficult for them to do for themselves, right? That's, that's kind of my approach to coaching the students and, you know, in my own professional practice is just being a mirror and offering a new perspective. Light could, you know, be anywhere else. You know, Hardy's from Georgia. He could have started in Georgia. Why here in Memphis, you think? Um, Well, I do know that when Hardy founded this organization, he was a fellow in the Teach for America program, Mm -hmm. and he was placed in Memphis and kind of was working with these students and saw there was a need. Memphis, uh, for those of you guys who don't know, this city has a very, very large minority population. Mm-hmm. Um, there's about 70% of the people, the residents of Memphis are minority in, in some capacity. Right. But a very, very small percentage of the business revenue that's created and generated in the city comes from minority businesses. Mm-hmm. And so Light it chose Memphis. Memphis is a really great place for us uh, to be doing this work because of the like large gap that we have where we're not seeing minority people creating wealth in this in this city Absolutely. on the same level as the people who are there's just not as many non-minority people but they're making a very very large amount um, Absolutely. Yeah, so this is a really good city to to do this project. Absolutely. And the thing is, you know, the reason I'm a light fanboy is that light is personal to me for the sense in the sense of 
I like you said earlier, I always knew I had the entrepreneurial mindset or, you know, aura, if you will. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't really sure what to do with that, right? And so as a kid growing up in Memphis, a program like Light would have like instantly been perfect for me to kind of like work that out if you will right so that's why i love light so much you know i never never told hardy this before but now he knows because he's probably listening to it now Mm -hmm. but um so with that being said you talked about the the demographics and the large minority uh population here in memphis you know you know clearly anybody can can apply and be in light right but we know in the in the vision on the website is specifically adheres to or tries to target African American and Latino students, and so I think you kind of touched on why that is the case. But you know, what do you say to people who have an issue with that? So while we prioritize working with African American and um, Latino students, we open our program programming to all students um, in the same way that a lot of other nonprofits do in the city of Memphis um, that work with youth. So, you know, a cool story, but to add to this is one of the students did not get accepted this summer and she has then since then reached out um, and said, Pam, I understand you said you could still help us out. Do you mind writing me a letter of recommendation? She attended one of the four day workshops and I said, absolutely. We got Mm -hmm. on a call for an hour and I said, what else do you do? So that way I can learn more about her and help her kind of like a mentee mentor type situation. And I know I fully, I say this on behalf of all of light, but I know that we would be here to help any student that didn't get accepted either way. Right. Um, Whether it be whatever background they may be coming from. So that's the cool thing about light is we do open up our program to everybody. However, we specifically prioritize working with, uh, African American and Latino students. Gotcha. Where do you guys see light in the next five years? I imagine that light will be uh, not only in Memphis but in other cities. So we we really do have this this dream and this vision uh, in the future to be a nationally recognized uh, organization and to be able to obviously the problem that we have in Memphis, the gap that we have in Memphis, is found in other cities. Sure. And um, to your point, there are plenty of young African-American, Latino students, minority students who just statistically, they don't have the same level of exposure to entrepreneurship and, and successful entrepreneurship. They just right. don't. And so I think that in the next five years, we will have expanded to, to take this model that we've uh, created in Memphis and take it to other cities like Atlanta or Kansas City. Um, I don't know, like sky's the limit, but gotcha. there are definitely other cities that, that this model, we believe, could work very well in. So before we wrap up, any parting advice for a student entrepreneur or just any entrepreneur in general? For me, it would be make sure that you guys are solving a problem. Okay. And if you're not, then find a way um, to solve a problem. I mean, I'd like to say that frozen yogurt, we were solving a problem, which we kind of were. It was a healthier option. However, I was still able to add in a little bit of twist of myself, which is being a huge advocate of higher education. Instead of giving free honorable cards, I gave away free um, most improved cards. The student that really tried the hardest Mm -hmm. um, that went from a D to a C because they didn't have parents around. My parents worked, you know, three jobs growing up, so they weren't around all the time. My brother practically raised me, and I don't, you know, I, I don't blame them for that. I right. actually appreciate it because mm-hmm. in the long run, I knew that they were just doing this for me. But, Absolutely. Um, 
I'd say just solve a problem first and then add your own twist of personality into it. My biggest parting advice for young aspiring entrepreneurs or really any entrepreneur in general is Mm -hmm. that you got to think about who you serve. And this is when you're marketing yourself, Mm -hmm. when you're marketing your business or, or trying to get it off the ground, think about who you serve and think about your customer. Try to get into their mind, their mindset. And the best way that you do that is by asking people. I hear that. You know, so if you have a super awesome product or service that you think is going to be dope, but you don't ask anybody for their feedback, and you can't just ask your family and friends um, because they're going to say that it's awesome because mm-hmm. they love you and they want to support you. But you got to ask the people that you're trying to serve what's most helpful for them. I mean, we even do this at Light, uh, where we, we have an advisory council of students. So we can tap into them and ask them what is most helpful for you so that we can create programs so we don't waste months and months creating programs that don't serve you well, gotcha. you know? And, and if you have a, a startup, I, one of the students <laughs> who, as a participant of Light, um, came to me and she has a super cool idea, but, you know, the I, I kind of approach this from the standpoint of an, uh, a product for everybody is a product for nobody. I hear that. And so I, I definitely hear that. yeah, I'm, I'm telling her, <laughs> you got to take this really awesome idea that you have. It kind of focuses on several different niches right? and figure out which one is going to, to work best for the audience that you serve. Um, so yeah, biggest piece of advice is just think about who you serve. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up this session of the startup life. Did you guys enjoy it? Oh yeah, this was so <laughs> fun. Thanks for yeah. thanks for having us on. It's no worries. Great. Do you think we did Hardy proud? Oh yeah, you know. I think we, I think we got him. I think we got him. He's gonna be good. I got you. We'll find out later if not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, startup nation. So here's my final take. Under the direction of Hardy Farrow, when it comes to Pam and Louisa, they are doing great and innovative work here in the city of Memphis. The thing is that they take students that have these ideas and they help them to foster it and make them grow. And I tell you this much, if I was a 60-year-old kid in this age, I swear I would be fighting to get into this program. Great job, guys. If you want to let us know what you think about the show or would like to advertise on our show, send us an email to the address in the show notes. Subscribe to The Startup Life as it can now be heard on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Also, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Owls LLC. And hey, if you have an idea, be about that life. The Startup Life.